This is Deepa from DeepaBarrow.com and you're listening to the Deep Beauty Podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to my channel. So I'm so excited today because I have Daniel Pillay here with me today. Yes, I'm so excited to be here. Oh, we finally got to do this. We were trying to coordinate forever, <laughs> but finally. It thank- happened. Divine timing. <laughs> thank you so much for taking the time out of your day. Thank you for having me. Of course. So I really wanted to have Daniel on the channel because he is not only a leading prominent figure in the LGBTQ community and an advocate, he's also a media personality and he's been doing so much work in the Toronto area yeah. for I've been watching you for a long time yeah it's been about five like six or seven years now it's amazing wow. how fast time flies it really amazing. does it's when amazing. you're having fun right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you were hosting Bollywood Boulevard before right yeah so I was one of the talents so it was hosted by Veronica Chill I was one of the I was like the gossip the gupshuk kind nice. of a boy on that show and I was on it weekly but that was sort of what kind of catapulted everything media-wise, yeah. Very nice, and we actually met. You came over to my house to shoot something for Anoki Magazine, and it was, um, I remember it was a red lip it segment. How to, how to rock the perfect red lip. Yeah, that for was. different skin tones, yeah. And you were behind the camera at that time. I was, I was. The joy is of outdoor shooting. Well, we're, yeah, we're shooting out in the park, and there's people everywhere and dogs, <laughs> but what are you going to do? So one of the great things about my career is that I've had experience doing all sorts of different things, in front right. of the camera, behind the camera, lots of production, scripting, um, helping others with their on-camera performance. That's right. actually been quite rewarding. And um, that's what I was doing at that time. I was producing a segment for another host yeah. who was interviewing you about the red lips. So, you know, I'm a beauty junkie, so I was having fun regardless. Well, so. shout out to Kimberly Marquis. Yes! Such a cute girl. Yeah, she was so good. Yeah. yeah. It's nice to see that you've been following your passion. I feel like a lot more of us should be doing that. You know, you have dreams and there's no reason why you can't achieve them. So let's rewind a little bit and let's go back to when you you grew up in the Toronto area. Yes, I was born in North York and then raised in Brampton. In yeah. Brampton. Okay, so growing up in Brampton, for those of you that are from the area, it's a very pre- predominantly multicultural city. Yeah, yeah. And growing up in the South Asian community, you're not really encouraged to just be free and be yourself. And you being South Asian gay male, how was it for you growing up in that atmosphere? How were your parents? How have your parents handled it? You being so open and it's honestly, it's so refreshing to see somebody just be able to be so open and be themselves. You know, so a lot of my personality does go into that open, like sort of that open nature you're speaking of. But, you know, the reason why I'm so open and I'm so free is because I was just not who I was for a very, very long time. You know? Yeah, I can understand like I, that. I came out to my family when I was 25 years old. Wow. And to me, that's a really long time, you know, yeah. when a lot of the people who were my friends or who were not my friends were coming out in their teens, early yes. to late teens, yeah. I was coming out as an adult, right? So yeah. um, I, I had done my dues. I had paid my dues, so to speak, you know? Yeah. And I think at that time that I was growing up in Brampton, it was predominantly South Asian. There was a huge influx of South Asians coming yeah. into that area. Yeah. And I think naturally, you know, you're you're taught not to be yourself at home. Yeah. And that naturally just so extends true. itself into the school area. Yeah. Now I never had that from any of my teachers. But okay. you know, when you're growing up with other kids who are growing up with that same sort of discourse. Yeah. That discourse then transfers onto how you see the world and how you see other people. So there was definitely a lot of teasing, a lot of bullying. Aww. A lot of sort of um, shaming. A lot of girls even did it too, you know, as Mm -hmm. much as women have been very accepting of who I have been throughout my entire life, there were a lot of girls who bullied me too for my feminine nature. And then, you know, the guys were, you know, a little bit more physical with their bullying, a little bit more vicious. But, you know, you kind of just grow up with it and it became second nature, sadly. But I think what it did is it just kind of clammed me up. 
Okay. I didn't speak as much because I was afraid of what they would think about the tone of my voice. I didn't express as much. I didn't use my hands to express myself because I was afraid of being called out. You know, I yeah. hated doing presentations. I that's where I developed stage fright, and I still have stage fright, which is kind of ironic. No, he's so I do good on camera. In front of a bunch of people all yeah, the time. You do. You see, okay, so just a little digression here. The reason why on camera stuff isn't so bad for me is because there's a limited number of people around me. I get used to the crew there, yeah, and so it's easy, you know. But then, you know, if I had to go to a new show and it's a brand new crew, then all of a sudden I'm nervous again or doing yeah. stage events. And then when you're on camera, you're not thinking about all the people that are watching. You're, it's yeah. just the few of us that are here. Exactly. So, yeah. I mean, that's the comfort. That's that's the way I've kind of helped myself become comfortable over time. Right. Well, that fear, that discomfort really came from that bullying growing up. And I was also bullied in my family, which I think was the unfortunate thing. My mom is the youngest of 14 children. Yeah. So by the time I came about, I had cousins well into their teens. By the time I was growing up, they were young adults. Okay. And there was mostly men. And so, you know, they had this idea of what it was to be a South Asian man. They're told what it is to be a guy and that yeah. I'm judged against those ideals and those stereotypes. So that was a little bit difficult. Right. Um, like I said, over time, it just made me quiet. It made me very non-expressive. Okay. And then finally, when I just kind of burst open, yeah. I, I didn't look back. And that's where I have a don't give a damn type of personality. Like, this is who I am. This is who I'll be. This is how I'll stay. And if you're here to have fun with me, that's great. If you're not, move on. I think that at some point you have to, I mean even myself, like you know, I I didn't want to be a doctor, an engineer, or a lawyer. Mm -hmm. I wanted to do this. That's yeah. what I wanted to do. I wanted you're to so do makeup. Good at it. <laughs> Thank you. You're very sweet. You did my makeup actually earlier this week. <laughs> it's so funny. Two like days I ago. even ran into her yeah. at a TV show. Um, you were you were, the, the was makeup artist there. My so. new station. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I think like it's just one of those things. You, you like you said, you get to a point where you're just like, you know what? I'm tired of trying to please everybody else yeah. because nobody lives your day to day life except for you. And you learn not to care about what other people think. Yeah. Now you know that's us. I think we're very fortunate. I mean, I'm meeting people all the time who just still have not got there. Yeah. I know cousins who are just still not there. I know family members, I know friends, I know other people dealing and struggling with their sexuality that are just not there. And it's hard to get away from. Of course. I know in our journey we've had that moment of that epiphany that kind of took us from point A to point B. Yeah. But a lot of people just don't get there yeah. and it's I know and yeah. I think like with all of this that I've been like the inspirational interview series and stuff like that, I really want people to realize that you're not alone. Mm -hmm. You know, and that we are all here to support each other, mm -hmm. and there's no reason why you can't do what you love. You can't be who you are. Because at the end of the day, the worst thing is not being able to feel like you can just be yourself. I know, it is uh, a very crippling feeling. It, it really is a very is. crippling feeling. Yeah. And I'm so happy you said that, because I think that's one of the things I took from this media career that, you know, I was kind of thrust into it. I didn't really train for it. I didn't really go to school for it. It came naturally right. to me, but I loved speaking to people about their point of difference and yeah. what inspires them to either move through hardships or just continue being who they are. Because in some way, shape or form, all those little nuggets of information, all those little pieces of advice, all that experience, you know, has affected me in a very positive way. Yeah. And that's one of the one things, that's one of the greatest things about speaking to people for a living, right? Yeah. And I think that's exactly what you're enjoying too. You learn so much oh or you gosh, get that reassurance so that you're not alone. Yeah. Or somebody says something that just flicks a light bulb in you and you're like, oh my God, you know, maybe I should have been thinking about that or thinking that way this entire time. Yeah. So that's what I really liked about the media side of it. So, okay, now can we talk a little bit about what your experience was coming out to your parents? Yes. Oh yes, I, I did skip over that no, earlier. <laughs> Um, you know, it's 
it's difficult to say. I think a lot of people, when I speak about my experience coming out to my parents, you really are accept, like really expecting the sob story or you know a lot of negativity. I just never perceived things that way, and I think that's why I ended up with a positive experience. Okay. I decided to tell my mom first. I told my mom, very understanding. Really? I think she was understanding of the moment. She didn't know what it was to be gay. She didn't okay. understand the community. And in her words, um, she migrated to Canada when she was 15. She never oh, wow. had an idea of the LGBTQ community or what it was. She didn't even know it existed until she came to Canada. Because okay. nobody's about it back at home in Fiji, right? Like nobody was open about it in that South Asian community. Yeah. So there was just a lack of education and awareness. And so what I did is I kept the conversation open with her. Like I, I guided her through that process. I was open to her questions. I said, how do you feel? I didn't take anything she said into offense. Because sometimes, you know, our parents lack vocabulary. You know, like when you're growing up with immigrant parents, yeah. they don't know how to fully express themselves. It's so true. So sometimes yeah. they offend you in the process or they say something because they think it's right, but it's wrong. Yeah. So I was very neutral to that and I was very open to and I kind of helped guide her through that process. Yeah. But she was open to being a part of that process. That's and that's a testament to my mom, who my mom is as a woman, you know? Yeah. I think deep down inside, okay, it's not ideal because she inevitably, as a South Asian woman in her 50s, she's going to be 60, does care about what people think of, of, of me. And she does care about that. That is a huge thing in the South Asian community. Yeah. That is the reason why people aren't just able to just freely be themselves. Yeah. And, you know, by the time I came out, she was like in her early 50s. How can you un change a woman in her 50s who's lived her life one way? Exactly. Yeah. You can guide her in the process. I can help her be a part of my my journey. And if she's open to that change, then she is. But I can't expect it from her. Yeah. And I can't expect it on my time. And I understood that. Right. I think I was evolved enough to understand that that's what I was going to face. Right. And, you know, she comes to Pride with me every year. Oh, um, so we're open sweet. about it. We talk about it. She teases me. You know, I'm always dancing around the house and she'll, you know, she'll kind of poke fun and tease and we have that sort of rapport with one another, which is lovely. Um, I told my father and he did not take it very well. Okay. He was very threatening, oh. very violent with his words, but I understood that yeah. and I accepted you, it and I moved on. Did you expect that from him? I did expect it from him. Okay. I mean, I, my father and I didn't get along for many other reasons other than my sexuality. Okay. So by the time I, I was 25 and I told him I was gay, at, at that point, <laughs> I had almost reached and ended our relationship. Yeah. But I, I told him out of respect because I, at the end of the day, he was still my father yeah. and he shouldn't have to hear it through gossip or through other people. So yeah. I told him myself. That's he wasn't accepting of it, but I will say my father has not disowned me. He still calls me to see how I am. He Aww. still texts messages. He's always encouraging me to lose weight because they think that's great for you know your self-esteem. <laughs> but you know he's always telling me you know you gotta look out, you gotta live a long life. He hasn't disowned me. It's a part of me he doesn't acknowledge, unfortunately. Okay. And I think a lot of people in my situation would see that as rejection or see that as a form of rejection. Yeah. But you know what? He's never gonna know what it's like to walk in my shoes. I'll never know what it's like to walk in exactly, his. Exactly. Yeah. So I've just Good made point. peace with that. Yeah. And that's it. And that's why we can continue to have some relationship and be cordial with one another. Right. You know, and the, the advice I give to everybody is like, listen, if you're going to other people who are facing a journey like mine, mm -hmm. you have to be open to other people's experiences. You, yeah. Because if I'm going to judge them, then I'm just as ignorant as they are and I'm no better than them. Right. Right. Like you've got to be open. Listen to what your parents have to say. Try to understand what perspectives they were given as children. Try to understand where they grew up, how they grew up, why they think the way they think. Mm -hmm. And you'll have a lot of sympathy for them. Do you think that like in every situation, um, especially in our community, that someone should come out to their parents or do you think that it's like a case by case basis? 
or do you think it's better to just be yourself, just let them know, and if they disown you, this disown you? You know, it's so that's that's a it's a, loaded a, question, it's a charge. Though, it's a yeah. charge question for yeah. sure, because you know there are people who you know there's like honor killings happening in you know a lot of South Asian communities oh, too. No. And then you know back in India, like homosexuality is criminal. So is it criminal, really? Yeah, Section 377 has made it criminal, so you can be put in jail. That's ridiculous. And then in the in the villages, like not more of the cosmopolitan areas, you know, you're you're killed. So That's ridiculous. The, the situations do change. I think it's important for everybody to do things on their own time okay. and to do things as they feel comfortable. Right. But I think that deep down inside, if you plant a seed and you know who you are, that will lead to some level of freedom throughout your life. I'm an Aquarius, so it sounds so ideal. <laughs> but I'm, I'm being honest, when you can find a way to accept yourself, yeah. then whether you're going to come out to your friends, whether you're going to come out to your families, you do have an outlet to be yourself. Which, whichever way, I love that. whichever way it finds itself in the world, you will have a path to walk down where you can be yourself. Now, some people are able to manage that by walking a path where they can't be themselves with their family, but they walk down this road with their friends because they can be themselves and they can right. manage that duality. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, I can't multitask like that. That's <laughs> way too much work, right? But you know, if that's what you need to do, then that's what you need to do. Just don't be malicious. Yeah. Don't be. Definitely. Yeah. Don't no do anything what. that's wrong. Don't try to hurt anybody. If you find, it's like art. Yeah. You know, some people find painting therapeutic and they can be who they are. Well, you know, sometimes you can be who you are um, and express your sexuality in certain groups. Right. You know, I see it the same way. So that's the way I would kind of encourage people. It's because everybody's journey is very different. I think people have this idea that uh, like a gay man or a gay woman's story is very linear. Right. You know, you struggle, you come to an epiphany, you understand yourself, then you tell your parents and it's either good or bad, right? right. And it doesn't follow that pattern necessarily. necessarily. Yeah. I mean, I'm still going back and forth with my parents about it right now. You know what I'm or, saying? Oh. And it's been, ha so how long? Well, I don't 2010. Okay. 2010. Okay. I'm 33 years old. <laughs> I'm proud. It was 2010. So, I mean, it's 2018 now. They consider me like an eight-year-old boy. Yeah. You know, like I've yeah. really been like, although I feel like I've been out for like 90 years by this point, but um, it's just been a long time. Yeah. But I mean, I'm still having those conversations. You know, there's, yeah. someone's going to say something to my mom that's going to make her feel uncomfortable, Aww. right? Do people do that? They do, but they don't do it intentionally, right? Yeah. So I'll, I'll describe to you this situation. Um, I had some guests coming from out of town, okay. Australia, to visit us. And I mean, they're not judging me. They're just seeing me as a 33-year-old single boy. Right. So she, the, the aunt sat down and she said, you know, when are we going to get you married? We're going to oh, find course, you like a nice girl. Yeah. And my grandmother and my mother immediately fell silent and clamped up. Because they know I'm gay. Yeah. They don't want to say anything that's going to hurt me. They're not trying to negate my identity. Yeah. But how are they going to reaffirm it in this conversation? Right. You know? Yeah. And then I turn to my aunt. I'm like, oh, don't worry about it. When the time comes, the time comes. And I do not take it personally. And I yeah. let it slide off my shoulders. Because it was you not can't. about me. Yeah. It was about my mom and my grandmother. Yeah. That moment was about how they were negotiating how I fit into the story. Right. It had nothing to do with me. Yeah. And I think most people who would have been in my situation would have made them up, would have made it about themselves. Yeah. Oh my God. Like, I had to face this situation again. And <laughs> I like that you're saying that because it's, it's true like you have to it's a fine line and it's probably like this dance that you constantly have to do it is because in that moment I I took a punch for my family right I took a punch I said listen I'm gonna continue with this yeah because my mom is so uncomfortable she's at that moment she's lacking the tools of how to navigate that conversation right, right? yeah and then my grandmother she just doesn't know what to say or do yeah right so I said you know let me just take one for the team and I'm like oh you know what I'm sure I'm gonna find a nice girl you know it just everything happens in time oh. I'm just focused on work it didn't take anything away from me yeah I saw it as me helping them out 
you were having a hard time. That's really <laughs> you were having a tough time. Yeah. Well, going back to what you were saying, I really lo loved your perception of like how you have to be comfortable with yourself and accept mm. yourself, and like that's the most important thing. It is. If you don't have that, you don't have anything. Well, and I think that applies to not only yeah. whether you're gay or not, it's anything. Yeah, and I think it sounds harsh when I say if you don't have that, you don't have anything. Because the truth is, if you don't have self-acceptance and love and complete confidence in who you are, then you're constantly rattling between what people think you should be and what you shouldn't be. True. Right? And I'm just thinking about battle. our South Asian culture, uh, how it was growing up, you know? We're constantly fighting what we want to be and what our parents want us to be. So true. And then you only become peaceful with that narrative the minute you become confident with who you are. Yeah. Right? And then I, I find that a lot of the times, like, the people around you just sort of fall into line, you know? Like, not for everyone yeah. and not in every situation, but I found more often than not, once you are like, nope, this is who I am, then people just accept it. And that's true. And that, you know, and at the end of the day, my sexuality is just part of who I am. Yeah, it's right? just a part. I have to be okay with the way I look, with my size, with the way I smile, with what yeah. I eat, with what I wear, how I feel in the morning. How you deal with people. Yes, who I'm talking to, mm -hmm. who my friends are, who are not my friends, how am I dealing with situations. Yeah. I need to be okay with all these areas of myself. Right. You know? And you'll see, like, self-acceptance with your imperfections, whoever you are, falls very easily. You know? Yeah. It's not about just accepting yourself as gay or straight. Right. Or as big or small. It's not that black and white. Yeah. You have to be okay with the full pie in order to be okay with the individual pieces, right? Love it. Yeah. And That's I'm sitting here <laughs> with tons of imperfections, right? But I'm okay with them. You know, yeah. I'm not an ideal size. So what do you so what do I do? I celebrate my plus size nature, you know? Like it doesn't take but you rock the blazers that's for oh sure. thank you yeah, <laughs> i try i try <laughs> all right we're gonna get into the rapid fire question yes, round let's do it this is my favorite part of every interview i'm excited okay let me grab let's i have this. to grab my phone i'm not that i don't have I'm an open book by the way so awesome. feel free to go in there's only a few questions and you have to just okay okay here we go are you a morning person or a night person night bollywood song you have on repeat um Aja Nachale, because oh. it's a mother addiction song yeah. Favorite restaurant in Toronto? Uh, I like uh, Il Fridello and Taroni. Taroni is so Italian. Good. Italian's my favorite. Favorite interview you've ever done? Madhuri Dixit. Nice. Um, just because she's been my idol. Aww. And then every single interview I've ever done with Priyanka Chopra is a favorite of mine because oh I feel gosh. like I'm always finding, trying to steal moments away with her and memories. So, yeah. That's amazing. He's interviewed so many people. <laughs> favorite Bollywood film? Uh, Sajan. Sajan. I would have to see Sajan. That Is was that with like Sanjeev a Dutt. long time ago? Yeah, 1990. It was <gasps> oh with Sajan. Uh, I'm not Sajan. It was with Madhuri Dixit, Sanjay Dutt, and Salman Khan. Oh my god. I kind of, because you know, they have that song, Deka oh, Like that whole soundtrack. Yes. Okay, I, was I remember growing now. up as a young kid. Yeah. Love story. It just kind of all, it's indicative of a part of my life. Yeah. That's it for the rapid fire question round. Yes. What can we expect to see from you next? So I'm sort of relaunching my platforms right now. I think I've kind of focused on kind of redefining what I want to do. Like, I mean, this, this interview has been focused so much on a journey, right? Right. So that journey is constant. Like, it doesn't have like a beginning and an end. Right. So I think I'm going to refresh um, my Date with Daniel series, kind of get some new things out there, speak to some new people. Nice. I like profiling. Um, people who are doing things from all different walks of life. So I'm, I definitely want to continue that because I love I love that um, part of the media business that kind of helps you grow individually as well. Right. And so, and then I'm relaunching that into the new site, danielplay.com, which should be coming out very shortly. So okay, perfect. Yeah. That's so awesome. Excited. Thank you so much for taking the time Thank to do you. this. And Thank you guys you. can find him on, like you said, danielplay.com or you can follow him on Instagram at daniel.play. I'm going to put all of the links for him in the description box and the blog post for the podcast episode as well. 
And Daniel, thank you so much again. Thank you so much, Deepa. And congratulations. I think this is so great. I think people need to hear stories like this. Oh, and so good you. on you for kind of being that vessel. Oh, thank you. That's very sweet.